Welcome to another mini-series episode of The Modern Z. In case you're new, The Modern Z is a blog and podcast channel dedicated to providing Generation Z individuals, that is those born in or after 1997, with a platform to share ideas, stories, and experiences. With each episode, I discuss a new topic and seek students from around the world to share their thoughts and have a discussion that inspires and resonates with my audiences. These little mini-series episodes typically range between 7 to 15 minutes, with me sharing some insights into my daily life, interests, habits, and opinions. Along with this podcast, I also write corresponding blogs for the avid readers out there. I'll link the article for this episode in the show notes below. That said, let's get started. Few people are familiar with the philosophy known as Stoicism. In fact, if you were to ask someone what their first impression would be of a Stoic, they would likely go by the dictionary definition of, quote, a person who can endure pain or hardship without showing their feelings or complaining. To be fair, this isn't wrong, but this is also not the only definition. In this episode, I'm going to shed some light on Stoicism, having adopted this philosophical way of living over the past year or so. I must admit that one year of practicing a philosophy is not nearly enough, and I do intend on learning more and more about how to adopt Stoic principles in the future. But so profound has been the impact of this philosophy in my day-to-day living that I feel it is only fair that I reflect on this and share with you how it changed me for the better. As I mentioned before, the textbook definition of Stoicism is not wrong, but that's not what I'll be focusing on. In July of last year, I purchased an audiobook titled The Guide to the Good Life by William Braxton Irvine, a book that can be best described as the perfect introduction to the philosophy of Stoicism. It was this book that got me invested in this school of thought, leading to a snowball effect of further reading, learning, and reflecting. So, what is Stoicism? Well, Stoicism is an ancient philosophy, a school of thought that was popular in the West amongst individuals of all shapes, sizes, and demographics who all pursued a better life. Founded by Zeno of Sidium in 3rd century BC and, again, contrary to its textbook definition, the philosophy of Stoicism involves the rightful mastery of one's own emotions, perseverance, self-discipline, and wisdom that can help us live a more fulfilled life. While the ancient Stoics were of predominantly Roman and Greek descent, notable philosophers the likes of Seneca, Epictetus, and Marcus Aurelius to name a few, history bears testimony to many modern individuals who adopted Stoicism as their way of life. People like George Washington, Adam Smith, Immanuel Kant, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, Margaret Thatcher, and many more. I won't delve into everything about the ancient Stoics and how the philosophy came about, Otherwise, you know, this episode won't remain a mini-series episode. A key contributor in my understanding of Stoicism has been Ryan Holiday. Ryan is a renowned writer, media strategist, and the author of numerous best-selling titles. I'll talk more about him in a short while. For now, let's discuss what Stoicism is really about. At its core, Stoicism includes four key virtues. Courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. Courage. To be willing and able to face any obstacles that stand in our way. Temperance. To be able to practice self-discipline and moderation in all areas of life. Justice. To be able to do the right thing and to never cause harm to another individual because doing so is only to cause harm to yourself. And wisdom. To be able to live with humility and to always aspire to learn from everyone around you because everyone knows or has been through something that's new to you. Basically, to remain a student forever. 
Everything that an aspiring Stoic does in his or her life must abide by one or more of these virtues. Now, you might be thinking that this sounds quite broad and generic. Or you might be asking, well, how do you exactly practice these virtues? You know, they're not exactly the most tangible of things like practicing an instrument or a sport. The truth is that there's no one correct way of practicing Stoicism. In fact, one of the things I love about this philosophy and many of the book I've heard about this is that it's never presented in a way that insinuates how it's meant to change your life drastically. Recently, I wrote an article on the world of toxic positivity and self-help, how there are plenty of books out there that are essentially, they essentially sound like they're trying to sell you something. You know, five habits to change your life, to make money, to stop being single, and so on. Stoicism is not like that. It's simply just, you know, this is what the ancient Stoics did, this is how it helped them, and this is how modern humans like us can adopt the same principles and improve our lives. Prior to Stoicism, I used to be quite the overthinker. People close to me would definitely attest to this. Overthinking for me was my way of visualizing future events in the hopes of being better prepared for them if they actually were to happen. I used to picture negative scenarios taking place in my relationships, studies, work, everything. If something that I hadn't planned or visualized happened, I would panic and would enter this vicious cycle of overthinking about how I kept overthinking even though it didn't help. Basically, overthinking was detrimental to my mental health and I wasn't able to stop it. Until Stoicism. One of the cornerstones of Stoicism and this addresses the previous point I made about how one can begin practicing it, uh, is the idea of being able to differentiate between what's within our control and what's beyond our control. This, this principle is known as the dichotomy of control. And what it really comes down to is that if we took a moment and sit down to think and think hard about everything that happens in our life with our friends, family, relationships, even that random person we had a brief interaction with, we begin to realize that there isn't really anything we have control over. We don't control how our friends and family think or what they say. We don't control whether or not someone decides to be rude to us for no obvious reason. We don't control the weather, whether it decides to be sunny and pleasant or cold and windy. One of the most important practices in Stoicism is to acknowledge and accept the fact that the only thing that's within our control is our mind. Our mind and how we choose to respond to everything happening around us. One of my favorite quotes from Epictetus goes something like, It isn't events that disturb people, but only their judgments about them. No one has the right to harm us or offend us, and no one can harm or offend us unless we allow them to. It wasn't until I took the time reflecting on this principle that I slowly experienced more peace with myself and my thoughts. Every time I was anxious about something and was on the verge of overthinking, I paused and thought to myself, is this really in my control? I made a mistake and it's in the past. I can't go back in time and change what happened. What I can do is learn from my mistake and move on, ensuring that it doesn't happen again. Chapter closed. Everything that used to bother me didn't bother me any longer because I knew that worrying about things that I had no control over was futile and didn't accomplish anything. When it came to those things that were in fact within my control, I used the in-the-past idea that what's done is done, learn from it and move on. As you can probably guess, I found it increasingly difficult to become angry, anxious, upset or offended because nothing seemed to bother me or stir me up anymore. Now, 
Does this mean that I stopped caring and became apathetic? No, not at all. These are all natural emotions and any means to try to suppress them only makes matter worse. But Marcus Aurelius once said that the consequences of anger are way more harmful than the, than the events or causes behind them. I wasn't heartless. Uh, I, I was only beginning to be able to differentiate between the battles I could win and those that I could not. I still experienced those emotions of anger and sadness, but I never vented them out on someone else because I knew that wouldn't accomplish anything. So in essence, it was more about how I chose to deal with those emotions versus how I did not deal with those emotions the right way earlier, if that makes any sense. <laughs> in the practice of Stoicism, everything in life is considered an opportunity, an opportunity to grow. The only thing we control is our perceptions, and if we can look at every incident, every impediment, every problem as a means to something bigger, there's nothing that can cause us distress. A common saying in Stoicism is that of amor fati, or the love for fate, described by German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. The idea that everything happens for a reason. You don't have to believe in destiny, uh, but just know that most of what happens around us isn't necessarily good or bad, it just happens amorally. And we decide what to think of them. Another profound experience I've had, and possibly the most riveting amongst all of my three years of learning and improving myself, was acknowledging my ego and burying it deep. Revisiting the Stoic virtue of wisdom, there's another quote by Epictetus that echoes with this idea. Throw out your conceited opinions, for it is impossible for you to begin to learn what you think you already know. In one of his best-selling books titled Ego is the Enemy, Ryan Holiday shares his experiences with fame, wealth, and success, and how he realized that they weren't, in fact, as elusive as the world made them seem. Possibly the most impactful book I've heard till date, Ego is the Enemy utilizes certain Stoic ideologies to illustrate how the root cause of all our problems in life, whether that be involving our relationships, our career, our knowledge, or our health, stem from our ego. This inflated sense of self-importance that so many of us tend to have that inhibits our ability to build a healthy bond with one another. I can recall countless incidents where I entered arguments solely for the sake of emerging the winner, hoping to assert some form of petty dominance over the other person, when in fact, all I was really doing was concealing the, the innate insecurity within myself that I just wasn't good enough. I often come across people who say that having an ego is important if you want to be successful, to which I strongly disagree. If, if one is able to differentiate and draw the line between ambition and confidence versus ego, then success can be attained without any of the negative consequences associated with being egotistic. Ego brings with it insecurity, pride, envy, anxiety, anger, and pretty much every negative emotion one can think of. For me, acknowledging the fact that I possessed an ego that needed to be killed, or rather buried, was the first step. I internalized the fact that I am not entitled to anything. The world doesn't owe me anything. The, the company that I'm desperately applying for doesn't owe me a job. The course that I'm studying for doesn't owe me a high mark. The girl that I'm trying to get the attention of, she doesn't owe me her number. It's our egos that trick us into thinking that we deserve better treatment than others, that we're better than everyone else. All this did was wreak havoc on my relationships with those around me, leaving me weak and miserable. Stoicism helped me deal with this, as I was able to better internalize my insecurities, embrace my ideals, and begin looking at things through a different lens. So, these two were examples of how I chose to practice Stoicism and how it has become the guiding philosophy in my life. It has changed me in a way like none other, 
And, you know, in case you're wondering if I've grown my hair to shoulder length, if I wear glasses and a long gown with a cross-strap body bag, as most stereotypical philosophers do, I don't. Not yet, at least. I believe that each of us has a guiding philosophy. We just don't know it yet. This isn't meant to be a sales pitch for stoicism. Uh, and if this is what this episode sounded like, then simply consider it the passion and love for what the school of thought had to offer, as explained by a marketing student who isn't too bad at what he does for a living. Stoicism goes far beyond that of what a 21-year-old can express in one article or one podcast after one year of practice. As I mentioned before, there's a lot more to learn and many more mistakes I will make. The only difference now is that the mistakes I make serve merely as a catalyst, as fuel to the flame.